You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Sullen Radio. Uh, my guest this episode is tattooer Johnny Smith, who is soon to open a um, tattoo shop of his own and sweet, uh, called the Sweetwater Collective in Jacksonville, Oregon. Uh, before we get to that, I want to let you guys know that I still have some Time and Tide prints available. Um, if you go to my website, therealjoeswanson.com, you can click on the merch page and grab one of those. Uh, they're 11 by 14, and they were printed by Scott out at uh, Rebel Reprints. They're really dope, really nice quality. So uh, go go grab one of those if you'd like. I, I'd appreciate that. That helps me out. A couple shout-outs this week. Um, Union Machine, Roop, and Big Five, thanks for the support, guys. I really appreciate it. Also, Sean Martell, who was not only a winner in the contest, continues to support. He bought a Time and Tide print. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, man. With all that said, all the shout-outs, thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. Um, it's, it's really exciting for me to see the show growing and um, gaining momentum. So I appreciate all the listens, all the shares, um, and, and you guys telling your friends and supporting. So with that being said, this is Sullen Radio, and this is my talk with tattooer Johnny Smith. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, what's happening, Johnny? How are you, man? Good. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, it's in the evening. This show's going to drop, like, tomorrow or, or the next yeah. day. So um, it's cool. You know, I'm I'm really having a good time doing the, doing the shows. I've had a little bit of time off. Uh, after music, you know, I recorded some down there and used those in the last couple of weeks, which is why yeah. they sounded they sounded a little bit weird because I was trying to take all the background music or background noise that was at the convention yeah. out. Um, but I'm excited to get back in, in, into the swing of talking to folks. And I was I was happy to um, get a chance to talk to you. Now, this is the second time the first audio yeah. we had uh what went uh by the wayside on my hard drive when it crashed so i lost yeah i lost that interview and i lost the remis interview so remis and i are going to hook up again but um exciting news for you man tell, tell me about this new venture with uh with your shop well i uh, i'm not working off the map anymore i was there for about three years and uh learned a lot and got to meet a lot of great people i'm going to be opening up my own shop in uh, jacksonville oregon which is uh it's just an old historic town in uh, wine country here in Southern Oregon. Uh, so it'll just be a quaint little spot for people to travel and get tattooed and stay at a nice little bed and breakfast. And mm -hmm. uh, just a cool, chill place for me to work, have me and a couple other artists. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot. I think that, you know, you working it off the map for, <laughs> and you worked out in Massachusetts for them as well, right? Yeah, I worked um, at both locations. You know, they have such an interesting and, and, um, pretty driven way of doing business. And I, I would imagine that um, you learned a lot during that time. What was it like um, moving into this new chapter? I'm sure you're excited to, to be able to experiment with your own place. And but what was it like working with a guy like Jeff Gogway, who's doing this amazing body of work? Well, coming, well, where I'm, where I come from as a tattoo, I come from just uh, pretty much scratcher status when I was, you know, I've been tattooing since I was 13. So um, coming from the me meager kind of beginnings that I came from, 
just to get a shot to work with people like Jeff and uh, and the other people at Off the Map was awesome. And I did that for a good uh, three years. And I uh, worked in Massachusetts for about a year and, and Oregon for about two years collectively and just learned a ton just from working with all the guest artists and Jeff. Um, just a bunch about work, work ethic and uh, just drive to, to be a better artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, I mean, he, he works harder than anyone I've ever met. He you know works eight-hour days, get up at uh, six in the morning to draw his tattoos and uh, he's painting all night. He works really hard, man. So... Mm-hmm. Just working with someone like that, that shows their drive, and then you can see the uh, the result he gets from all that ambition and all that drive, really makes you want to do better with your work. So yeah. it, it was definitely a huge thing for me to to be able to see that and kind of uh, feed off of that that drive a little bit and and see how uh, someone uh, of that like stature in the industry how he goes about it uh, is definitely eye opening. And uh, I did. I did learn a lot. I'm stoked to have been able to work with Jeff for sure, man. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty cool to see. A lot of people see the the benefit that the artist is getting, but they don't see the hard work that's put into it. And right. you know, to see that up close and personal is is probably pretty powerful. It's nuts, dude. And uh, yeah, he works. He works like crazy, and that's all he he like lives and breathes art, and everything he says seems to be poignant in some way because I think he know how much he knows how much people rely on what he says. So he makes sure to uh, word everything right. And just everything about that guy is really intense. And he's, you can just tell how deep into the, uh, into the art world he is mentally and, and just physically working all the time. And yeah. um, just when I think I'm doing something cool, one of his pieces will walk by and just totally shame what I'm working on. And so he, he keeps me on my toes for sure, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's nice as artists to work with other people that are going to push you and go, God damn, I need to, you know, do this or I need to reevaluate that. And so that was like an everyday thing, dude. mm -hmm. Just like, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd be stoked on my work and I still am stoked on my work, but I know I have a long way to go and working with Jeff just reassures any kind of mentality I was getting to think that I was cool or had it figured out or, not that I ever felt that way, but any like small bit of that just got demolished. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with Jeff, and it just let me know that I have a long way to go. Right, uh, and and the fact that I know that I have a long way to go, I think, is a really good thing. Yeah, and so how how do you going from you know a, a I think a lot of artists end up having the situation happen when you know you're working with somebody or in a collective shop and yeah. under people that are very very talented. And then you go to a place where it's either your own studio or a private studio. And how do you think that you will maintain that ability to bring people or uh, be driven by other people? You know, is that going to be the, the other artists you have in there? Guest artists? How do you think you'll stay motivated? Well, hopefully, um, just with a combination of having people come by and do guest spots uh, and a lot of travel still that I'm going to be doing and uh, guest spots of my own. I always want to be working with somebody that's just far beyond what I can achieve mm-hmm. right now. Because I feel like I'm like, if it was on a scale, I'd feel like I'm like 40% of where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get that extra percent just by working by myself and, uh, and not being challenged any. So I definitely need to continue to travel and, and work with uh, great artists and 
I yeah. definitely plan on doing so. It's important, man. I think that sometimes it's lost with, you know, this, this kind of, I mean, there is a connectivity, don't get me wrong with it, with social media and the internet, but I think there's this lost connectivity and, and with people that they think they get that through the internet, but it's man, yeah. that's some of the best times standing next to somebody that's your idol or standing next to somebody that's dope and yeah. seeing what they do in person is right. so much right greater than than getting that over the internet oh i saw that guy how he stenciled that over the internet now we'll stand next to him and see how he drew the stencil and then put it on there and then how he executes the tattoo so much better man i remember going to san francisco um and working at erno's and like greg coles was there and um this girl mandy and george campisi and i was just in awe man i slept in that shop like for the for the week or two weeks that i was there it was uh, it was wild, wild experience, man. Pretty oh, I fun. bet, dude. I was in London and I was in a booth with Jeff Goodway next to me, and then Alex DePasse, and oh man, there was just like a booth full of uh, just amazing artists, dude. And I'm just like kind of curled into this corner trying to work and just stay out of everybody's view, and uh, so it's super intense. And I try to soak up as much as I can, especially like working with uh, Alex because. Uh, I don't get to work with him very often, and man, his shit's just incredible. And I just try to soak up as much as I can, be respectful, and not like bug anybody. But just, I feel like the best thing to do sometimes is just to shut up and watch mm-hmm. and and listen and try to pick up on stuff. Yeah, is he a painter? Also, does he oil paint? And I haven't really seen many paintings that uh, Alex has done. I know that, I mean, he must paint though because his tattoos look like paintings. Well, right, and that's what I think. You know, you look at guys like. Nico and I had a pleasure of meeting Nico at Muse Inc. Got nice. a quick conversation in with him. One, you know, one of those guys that's and you know have had Mike Mike uh, DeVries on the show, and um, you know those guys are, uh, you know, Nico in particular is painting at just such a high level, man, and you can oh, see that in his in his work. And I wonder if you know, and I'll ask you, man, you're a painter, um, right? how much does that drive your work and how much do you think it influences a guy like, you know, Nico to paint every day like that? I think anybody, especially on Nico's level, man, I've, I've uh, had a chance to hang out with him a couple of times and, you know, there's no telling what has to go on in someone's brain to be able to produce all the stuff that he does. Cause uh, everything is just the composition is on point. Everything I saw, uh, the Samuel L. Jackson piece that he did in person in London, man, it just fucking blew my mind. I didn't even, even looking at his pictures, I didn't think that was like, it was possible to like have something that visually striking, but it's just as good in person, if not extremely better, you know? What do you, um, what do you think it is that makes it, that gives it that, like um, Rich Pineda said in, when I interviewed him on one of the podcasts before, about Freddie Negretti's work it had this sizzle to it. What do you think it is about, like, that gives it that sizzle? I think it's got to be just fucking time invested and just the patience to build it how you should build it because I, as an artist, get super impatient and and I'll just rush through things. I don't feel like I'm rushing and the quality is, like, diminished, but I know if I took the time that people like Rich and, like, Nico and all these badasses, Jeff, Everybody takes the time to do things. I think the best uh, advice I ever got from Jeff was uh, more time and more black. Uh, <laughs> and I try to utilize both of those. That's good um, advice. 
But I think I I think with those guys that just kill it like that, it's just time and patience and just understanding of what works, like composition and composition is so huge, man. You see people like coming out of Russia, which is where all the badasses are, it seems nowadays, like Russia and the Ukrainian shit, but the composition they use with like different um, settings and backgrounds and just the craziest shit. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's such a challenge to keep up with everyone today because there's so many facets in what makes a really great piece, whether it's like a painting or a tattoo. It's not just execution or making something look awesome. Um, it's just like everything, the style, the composition, how you lay it out, where you want somebody to look uh, as soon as they see your piece. And uh, and people like Nico and, and all these badasses, they, they consider that. And I think that they go through the process of examining all that stuff, uh, which which I don't have the patience for all the time yet. And I would love to. But I you, like to you like to draw on the skin. You like to yeah, freehand. Do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, that- if I'm doing... Anything like super realistic and detailed, I'll, I'll hand stencil it. I haven't used a Thermofax in like 10 years. I hand stencil everything uh, just because I know where shit's at then. And then mostly I just uh, freehand on the skin. I don't really draw pictures ahead of time or have anything prepared. I just kind of go for it when someone comes mm-hmm. in, which works good for me, but, you know, not for everybody. Well, you know, we talked about it the first time that we that we spoke. There's that. I'll do some of that too. Like when I have a piece coming up, I, even if I'm freehanding that, it's not the first time that I've drawn that, you know, yeah. piece. Sure. And maybe it's the first time I've drawn it on paper or on skin, but it's not the first time I've drawn it in my head. I've worked right. worked out those weird spots on the drawing and the as you know the um, as my friend Matt Hodell would say, the awkward moments in the drawing. You know, yeah. you yeah, work yeah, yeah. those out in your head beforehand, and so. You know, if that's your process and you can do that and that's what you're comfortable with, it's no different than working it out on paper first, you know? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I can achieve. I mean, I know that if I took the time to really prepare and and, uh, draw things out that I'm sure I could get um, different perspective and and, uh, be able to produce a different kind of work. But I don't think it's a downfall of mine to produce things right off the cuff. It definitely makes it interesting and it's also something the customer can just see what you're doing right then mm-hmm. and say yes or no, or I'm into that or not. It's not something you're going to spend 10 hours drawing and they're going to say, this fucking sucks. I don't want this tattoo. Right. So it helps a lot for me. Cause I've been burned like that so many times, like spending hours drawing shit. And then the customer takes it to their friends and everybody wants to change it 5 million different ways. Yo, that's that. Isn't that a, isn't that a challenge, man? That's a street oh shop challenge. God. Like that's a street yeah. shop thing right there. When you have, Totally so it's you got to limit the amount of time that that client has that picture in front of them. I think so, you know, you sure. sneak it. Don't let them keep it. Okay, show it to your friends for a little bit. Hey, look at it. Couple minutes. Okay, we're good. All right, sticking it back in my pocket because yeah. inevitably you will come back and be like, you're just right. You know, I showed it yeah. to my girlfriend and she said, you know, can you do this loop a little bit farther and this flower needs to be a little bit bigger and maybe we no can how add. Cool your drawing is, you're fucked. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> you got to limit that exposure, man. It's that's For sure. that's definitely I something just I learned. And, and drawing right then on somebody just totally limits that. Uh, and I do enough to make my drawings with Sharpies suck. I mean, there's only so much you can do with Sharpies, but I do enough to satisfy my client's need uh-huh. for that little bit of control. 
and um, and enough to show them kind of what we're going to be doing. But I think if I lay it out too much, they're just going to uh, just try to pick at it and change it all up. And right. I think people's gut reactions is what I want to go with anyway. So I think so too. And I think you get some of those, you know, big shapes. I'll ask you what you're, you know, what do you like to, how do you like to build it up freehand with um, Sharpies, with uh, tattoo pens, like with regular pens? What do you use? I usually do, um, I usually do Sharpies. Uh, and I'll just have a, like a giant box of Sharpies and I'll build it up from like yellow. And then my last color will be like a blue or something. Mm-hmm. And I just do the yellow and get, man, my Sharpie drawings look like shit. And everybody, everybody had a drawing. It's just like, okay. Uh, when I ask them if they like it, but I mean, they see my pro- portfolio. They know this is just how I do it, but right. I just and- build it up from yellow to blue pretty much. And yep. by the end, they can roughly get an idea. They know what I'm going for. And so. I think I think that, you know, keeping it simple like that, and that's what I, my point was, was that leaving that them to just kind of see those shapes. Like, they've yeah. seen your portfolio, so they know what the end product is. And now they right. don't have to, like, worry about getting it from the shape to that end product. All they got to do is look at the right. shape and go, damn, that looks cool. And yeah, look, now I trust you, you do yeah. it. Yeah, so. totally, dude. So that's how it works. And I haven't, I haven't drawn anything twice on anyone in a really long time. So everybody usually seems to be stoked on what I initially draw on them. And I feel like I'm pretty good with talking with clients and uh, helping them to feel like they definitely have input on what I'm doing, even if they have none. Um, then just like letting them feel like they have that little bit of control because they really want that little bit of control. Yeah. I mean, they want all the control, but they want to at least have some. So I try to appease all that stuff for them and still give them a really cool tattoo, even if it's like completely different from what they wanted. Right. You know, it's a, it's a balance, man. That is part of the hustle, you know, tattooing, you know, came its origins to a certain degree, our blue collar. And it, and it was about that hustle. You know, it was about trying to figure out my mentor said it to me, give them what they, you know, give them what they need, not what they want. Right. You know, we know what they, you know, most of the time you can yeah, dude. talk to a I client after all the experience, and you can definitely read them and know. you can read them and you can, and you can figure out something that is going to be, you know, appropriate for them and, and appeases what kind of feeling they want to get from the tattoo and also yeah. make it a good tattoo. And that's what, you know, the, the sentiment behind that is, you know, you got to give them what they need and that's a good tattoo that's going to last over time. And, they don't have all the information as far as now collectors these days. I mean, you've been tattooing a long time, man. You know, collectors these days, they do have a lot more information. And I think it's, sure. it's yeah. a lot of guys are on that cusp though, of, of not having that clientele that just comes to them for a specific kind of work. And they have, right. they sh- balance that between, um, you know, a little bit of that, but mo- a lot of walk-in stuff and, um, which is okay. I think, you know, you learn a lot from that walk-in stuff. Um, I did that shit for a long time, man. I mean, you learn so much. Yeah. I wouldn't know half of what I know now if I didn't have to bust out butterflies five times a day, you know? Right. Well, how did you make that jump though? Like, what do you think the big, the important thing is, or the key element was for you to make that leap from, okay, I'm doing a lot of like walk-in stuff and a little bit of custom stuff. And I want to do more custom stuff. That's, you know, up my, you know, yeah. up my alley as an artist. How did you make that leap? Well, I was uh, really dissatisfied with my work. Uh, and I was uh, just doing sh- I mean, it was okay, but I wasn't too stoked on it. I was seeing stuff. This is right when Nico was starting to get big. And uh, he did his first, like, uh, portrait DVD back in the day, maybe, mm-hmm. like, 
six or seven years ago. And uh, I had just quit tattooing because I wasn't stoked on my work anymore. And uh, my friend talked me out of it. And I, I said, well, if I'm going to start tattooing again, because I was just sick of doing mediocre shit. Um, I said, if I'm going to start tattooing again, I'm just going to use what I, what I do know in, in, in painting and try to apply that as much as I can to tattooing. Uh, and between that and then watching Nico's first DVD, um, something just clicked between those two things because Nico took so much time on his DVD. And I think that really made a huge impression on me that he spent seven hours doing this portrait that he was doing. Yeah. I was like, fuck man, if I had seven hours, I could totally do something much better than what I'm doing now, you know? Yeah. So between that and I started utilizing my painting techniques pretty much exclusively on tattoos. Uh, they're, they're kind of one and the same as far as technique mm -hmm. nowadays. I think between the two of those things, it really started to, uh, I started to see results really quickly and uh, just kind of snowballed from there. And like I said, I have a long way to go, but right. I'm stoked that I'm at least heading in the right direction. Right? Yeah. I think taking that extra time, you know, talk about spending extra time and, and on the tattoo, I think taking that extra time is so important because if you do put that extra, even if you're not getting paid for it, like look on a yeah. couple, like when in the beginning on a couple clients that are key clients that are letting you do some cool shit, you got to put in that extra time and you do that at a discount in the beginning, but it snowballs from there. Cause then they say they show their buddy and their buddy's like, damn, that looks cool. And they like the style. Yeah. And then he wants you to do something. And yeah, yeah. Like you said, it rolls from there and it really, really When I first snowball. started doing that, man, I was doing free tattoos all the time just because mm -hmm. I really was into portraits at the time and I was just kicking down free portraits to friends of mine that, that were willing to sit for, you know, six to eight hours. And right. I did a shit ton of that, man. In my seminar, I tell people to just do that shit as much as they can because nobody's going to come in and do the work you want to do. You got to put it out there first, mm -hmm. you know? So in order to get get it out there, you're going to have to do it, and uh, nobody's just going to come to you for it. So you just got to find that at first. That's like the old school build your clientele rules, for you know? Sure. Like, I mean, that, that rule never goes away, dude. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't think. No, I think you got to get out in your community too. Like, if you want to have sure. a clientele that's coming to you, you have to be out and meeting people. You know that. Yeah. What was the old thing, man? Every you know that every tattooer was always at the bar after a shift. You know, meeting people, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the best way to do it, man. You have to, I mean, it's all, you know, it's, it's tattoo is evolving. Tattooing is evolving so quick, mm -hmm. and people are losing sight of the old school ways of doing things, and all that shit's still relevant, man. You just have to find the comfortable medium to mix both of them because you want elements from both, or it's just not tattooing, you know? Well, I mean, you have to put it, you have to. Those are like try, tried and true rules, you know, like sure. hustles or whatever you want. They're going to work yeah. in, in the Internet age, too. You just got to find the way to get it. You know, you can hustle on Instagram a certain way and build a clientele. You can you can do that. It, the idea is the same, but our right. day and age is different, man. It's crazy. It what totally do you is. what do you think like of right now with how easy it is to access people and where do you think that's going and how does it affect tattooing? Cause it's, it's, it's wildly different than when we, you know, started. It's, yeah, it's so much different. I think it's, I think it's fucking rad, man. I'm stoked that the tattoos that I put out there are, 
available for so many people to check out. And, you know, even if it's bad opinions are good, I'm just getting feedback no matter what. And honestly, Instagram, I credit with, you know, most of why my name is known, if it is at all, is because of Instagram. And I've developed a bit of a following on there. And that's the reason I can paint pictures and sell prints in like six different countries. And otherwise, other than social media, that wouldn't be existent to me at all. I wouldn't have that that kind of reach. And I think with um, with the new like wave of social media, it's fucking great, man. Cause I get to see like the best tattoos that are out there in the world right now, I think. And to see that every day and just be like, it, you know, roll through my you know feed and just be like, holy fuck, dude. Like every time Rich puts something out, I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. Make, makes you want to put that blue in there a little bit slower, oh, right? Man. Oh, shit. Yeah, it totally. This is like, take a little bit more time on this red, okay. I'm going to yeah, whip shade this up for a few more seconds just to make this thing perfect. It just, it's, it's a good reality check to see what's, what people are doing. Like, I think it's also a good reality check to douchebag tattooers that think they're the shit and uh, they should realize that they should, you know, get out of their little town that they're the shit in and see that all these other people are working so much harder than they are and don't give a fuck about any of that shit. You know, any of the, publicity or just being cool they're just trying to do work and they're just killing it i mean if you're not hustling to your max somebody else is and they're just going to pass you up absolutely um, so it's a good way of realizing that just to scroll through and see some of the best shit out there you know? yeah and you know what hustling means learning what you're doing too you know and it's taking advantage of what's available to you there's so many seminars you know shit man okay. online okay. seminars seminars at conventions for all sure. day long, you can go and get educated on this craft that you you know that people are trying to do as an artist. If you're trying to tattoo, you can There's elevate so your game, man. Yeah, compared to like when back in the day where nobody would tell you shit. Uh -huh. I mean, you were you know nobody would tell you shit. I had to go to like 20 different shops before anybody like even looked at me like I was serious. You know, uh, to nowadays, if you want to learn, you can learn. I mean, you'd have to. Um, go through a lot to learn these things, but you could learn from the best in the world. Uh, it's available now to where yeah. back in the day it never was. Yeah, it was only available like the first seminars I went to was at Dennis Dwyer's Tattoo Tour in 99 in Miami yeah. Beach. And I went to a Guy Atchison uh, seminar, helped him carry his books up to his room afterwards, talked to nice. him. He was talking about, at this point, he was talking about doing these. I would love to talk to him about this and see if my recollection of it was um was was proper but he was talking about doing these domes uh that if you stood inside of them and they were painted uh, and they were like nine foot tall or something these domes yeah. and so if you stood in the middle of it and it was painted like a beach scene you would feel yeah. like you're in the beach scene you know it was like uh <laughs> that guy's intense dude yeah and it, it was like it was like, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, virtual reality. It's like analog virtual reality, man. Sure. Totally yeah, crazy. He, he like caught it up before they even came out. With it. Yeah, but he was doing seminars back then, and um, I took one from him. I took one from Mike Malone uh, right. on, on machines. I took one from Dave Gibson on lettering. Um, you know, there was, uh, it, but it was only at conventions. You know, you couldn't get it yeah, on the internet. Now somebody in Russia can just log on to Google, you know, Google search seminar, tattoo, blah, 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 whatever. And yeah, like it's there for or yeah. whatever. There's so much shit available out there. Right yeah. Now. 
I've taken a couple different webinars and that's one good thing with off the map is all the education they offered. And I did the uh, worldwide tattoo conference in Boston, which they, um, they ran that. And I had, uh, I did seminars with Jeff Gogway and Nico and Guy Aitchison and Nick Baxter and all these seminars by like 10 of the best artists in the world, uh, Alex DePasse's seminar. And it was all in like three days. And it was just fucking seminar after seminar. Guy Aitchison's was like five or six hours, I think. So much fucking, info, huh? Yeah, man. It was intense. So many seminars. But it was rad. I learned so much. And just that that's available now, and that somebody like me that doesn't know shit about shit can go <laughs> and learn from people yeah. that do, you know, and try to soak up as much of that as I can. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing you're doing some creative work, man. Some some cool tattoos. Talk about this one couple. I, I've I've searched on your Instagram, and we talked about it before. Um, talk yeah. about the couple with all with the alien stuff. The one the guy has the alien stuff on his face, and um, the yeah. lady has her face fully tattooed too. Yeah. Um, like, talk about them. They're fucking rad, man. I've been tattooing them for like ten years, and. Uh, They've been talking about getting their faces done for that whole time. And, and I'm always like, yeah, you know, one of these days. And since I first met the wife, uh, her name is Kat. Since I first started tattooing her, uh, she was battling cancer and all these other things and finally got rid of all that shit. And I knew we'd been talking about it for years. And she was just like, you know what? I beat cancer and I just want to do whatever the fuck I want to do now. And I want to get a big fucking hummingbird right on my face. Yeah. I said, you know, that sounds fucking cool. I'm totally down with that. And uh, so I did this big hummingbird right on the side of her face. It looks like, I mean, I call them face sleeves, which everybody's like, shouldn't that be called a mask or something? But I call it a sleeve because it's like a sleeve tattoo, but it's on your face. You know, it's not designed. It's not like a face symmetrical, um, like design pattern kind of thing. It's just like a sleeve tattoo on someone's face. Mm -hmm. So it's like fully sleeving out someone's face. But as soon as she got the bird, he's like, hey, I want to get my chin, and it just snowballed. So, and, uh, yeah, they got one more session each to finish their faces. That's dope. I mean, I was tattooing the inside of her nostrils a couple of weeks ago. Whoa. Like, I had to stick my pinky inside of her one, one nostril so her jewelry wouldn't vibrate while I was tattooing inside of the other nostril. I mean, I, pick, I take baby spoons, and I pick their eyelids off of their eyeballs <sighs> and tattoo their eyelids. Oh, they're nuts dude oh my they're god they're such a cool couple and uh really fun just the nicest people ever dude isn't so that i got one more session and i'm gonna finish them up and then i'll uh, do a big post with everything all finished but super intense dude that's crazy super man that's yeah, so awesome rad. isn't it wild the the people that we meet in this business and and yeah, just out there man sure. if you're out there putting yeah. yourself out there whatever you're doing Put yourself out there a little bit. You might meet some crazy people. I'm telling you, man, they came to a, a convention with me one time. And as soon as they walked in, everybody was like, holy fuck. Because everybody had seen his Cyclops, um, which was like kind of a viral hit for me because uh, it just like caught on really quick. Mm -hmm. It was just an idea that I came up with and I called his wife and asked her. And I said, hey, you think Sean will want to do a Cyclops on the side of his face and we'll just use his eye? And I could hear him in the background just saying, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, so like the next week we were doing the Cyclops on his face. And yeah, those guys are nuts, man. They do some crazy shit, but just super chill. They yeah, really yeah, seem like cool people. Just, you know, yeah. that kind of vibe just comes through, man. 
Yeah. So everybody, they love it though. They love the attention they get at like uh, conventions and that <laughs> right. people are. And they wear shirts with their own faces on it that say "Tattoo Famous." And That's awesome. Yeah, they're super into it. They're good people for sure. That's cool, man. Well, you got some big shit coming up with uh, Sullen as well. Um, totally. You got a shirt dropping soon, um, and you'll be at Ink and Iron doing a free tattoo um, based sure. on, I think people are going to be able to be entered into that by buying the shirt. So, um, Yeah, I think what it is, it's going to be, um, it's my first official Sullen shirt that's got my name on it. I've done a couple of Sullen shirts with Next Generation uh, tattoo machines and then i did a fusion shirt with their their artwork on it but i'm super stoked because it's my first official shirt and uh so i'm super pumped and i'm gonna be giving away a free full day tattoo at ink and iron and uh i think it's gonna be anyone who pre uh, does the pre-sale of the shirt you just pre-order one and you're entered into the contest and uh all you got to do is get to ink and iron and i'll bust out as long as it takes a full day so that's awesome. i'm down to do something super cool but Really excited for the uh, for the shirt to be coming out. I can't wait. Yeah, how did that connection come uh, about for you to get connected with Sullen and and uh, end up, you know, that not only dropping a shirt but doing a giveaway and and being a part of that experience? Well, I've been um, going to shows for a couple of years and and seeing Jeremy out at shows and uh, and recently just started to try to connect with them because I uh, did a shirt with uh, Next Generation Machines and. A lot of people were digging on that design. And so I kind of just started getting in with Jeremy and talking to him at shows and stuff. And um, recently found out I'd be doing Ink and Iron again this year. And last year was a fucking blast and I had a great time. So I just hit Jeremy up and said that I would love to do just a full day giveaway and anything he would want to do with that. Because I just want to support and just like do cool shit with cool people. That's awesome. Um, And he was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And started kicking around a shirt idea and it all kind of came together. But I'm super stoked, man. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that is a great show. You know, it's yeah, Ink Iron's a blast. Dude. Is it one of your favorites, or do you have a, a favorite show? I would totally say that Ink and Iron is uh, one of my favorites. Ink and Iron and the uh, I'd say the Evian show in France is super cool. I'm I'm stoked on that one too. I'll be back at that one this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, doing uh, London was really cool, man. Uh, but I'd say that uh, that Ink and Iron's probably my favorite so far. The Queen Mary's just dope. I get to hang out with friends in SoCal that I don't don't get to see too often. Um, Ink and Iron's a blast, man. I love that show. It's always packed out and good vibes too. So yeah, everybody's out there. They got the cars out there. The girls out there. The you know oh, yeah. the Queen Mary is dope. It's got that a pretty so, cool vibe. And yeah, um, def, definitely a good show. Um, I'll what, be at the uh, Fusion booth this year, uh, and I'm super stoked to be tattooing at the Fusion booth and. I think um, Carlos Rojas is going to be in the booth, cool. and Evan Olin and Pooch. Uh, Pooch is yeah. fucking awesome. What a Pooch what a cool guy, man! Such a cool dude. Uh, but there's all these badasses in the booth, and I'm just stoked to be there, dude. Right on, I can't, man. Should be a lot of fun. Dude. Talk talk about that, man. You're you're using Fusion Ink exclusively. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. What do you like about it? Um, talk about your your daily setup. Um, well, I've been using Fusion Ink ever since that, uh, that ever since I started getting serious and watched that Nico DVD, uh, I know when Fusion first started coming out, he was promoting it a lot. And so I tried it out and, uh, it's just for me, man, it's the best pigments I can get. It's just really solid. The pigments are nice and thick. Everything sticks really good. As long as my clients heal well 
and don't fuck it up. Uh, the colors turn out great, and I'm I'm really stoked on it. I've been using it forever, man, and uh, hit Fusion up to just ask for some promotional stuff or just like something for them that I could give people because people were always asking me what I was using. Uh, and they sent me a bunch of ink and just a bunch of shit to hand out. And I wasn't even trying to get ink. I mean, I just wanted to like give people info on what kind of ink I use. And so I kind of um, got in with them a little bit on that, just talking to them about tattooing and then got in with uh, next generation machines uh, to do some artwork for them. And then, just hit it off with the uh, with the California side of Fusion Inc. And we're all good buddies now. And their house is like nothing but Johnny Smith originals in their living room. And <laughs> right all on. my paintings they buy, dude. So that's that's where like seventy percent of my uh, whole artwork I've ever done is in Fusion living room. <laughs> that's so awesome. Super cool, man. Yeah, they're great people. So when I do uh, Ink and Iron, I, I get to hang out with those guys, and that's always a blast. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely uh, exclusively use Fusion. Even if I wasn't sponsored, man, I just use the shit out of it. You still love it. That, yeah, that's all I've that's all I've really ever used. Ever since they came out, that's all I've needed. Mm-hmm. And I used um, with Coral Machines. All I would use was the next gen machines. And then recently, I started getting into the rotaries and started using the Cheyenne. Um, and I've been using that for a couple of years now, and I really like it. It's consistent and super light, and uh, it packs colors in really well. So. For what I do, it works really well. So I'd say the Cheyenne with rotaries and then uh, with coils pretty much exclusively next gens. Yeah. My whole portfolio for like three years was one next gen machine for lining, shading, everything. Oh, shit. Just the, so yeah, just ran it. Tried to, for sure. I'm yeah. stoked on That's cool, man. Um, did you find a big big change when you or, or a learning curve when you jumped to the Cheyenne? Or was it pretty, <clears throat> pretty easy to jump into it was pretty easy man i was doing the boston um the uh uh seminars in boston and was talking to nico and jeff and they were like if you know if you like the um the numa when it was out this is like right along the same lines but you don't have to worry about all the bullshit and it just it works it's just really smooth and consistent and they were like you got to try it so i bought one there and as soon as i used it man um just everything, I mean, my tattoo took like two hours less than it normally would have. Everything just went in really quick, really consistent. Uh, and I haven't used anything else since. Hmm. I mean, it just works really good for me. And my, my setup is really basic anyway. I only use a five liner and a 13 shader. And that's pretty much all I use for everything. Full back piece or tiny little butterfly. Like, that's the only things I use. <laughs> Shit, I just man. keep it simple, dude. Yeah. Do, do you do that thing. in your do you do that in your painting too or like when you paint what do you do, do you got a yeah, bunch I of beautiful just... paintings sitting behind you um oh thanks this is a bunch of shit i'm working my leia slave leia i've been working on for like six months i can't i can't seem to finish it but it's getting there what's getting um, you, what's getting you in your way uh the background i mean she's pretty cool but i, I gotta get some kind of background in there. What, what are you thinking yeah. do you have it's just been eluding you or and then just deck her out with rebel fucking tattoos and yeah yeah it's something I've been wanting to do I like doing those pop culture kind of paintings people dig them and then I have a lot of fun painting that stuff for sure yeah but I've been stuck on this one for a minute I'm working on a poster for the Evian convention right now um, but I'm on a deadline for that and yeah I'm always just scrambled I have like five or six pieces going at a time but it's the same thing for painting I use a one inch brush and a pencil brush. And then I finger paint like half of it. No shit. So it's, you know, it's pretty low rent how I paint. I just buy Walmart brushes 
and I, you know, one painting and they're done and then I go buy more. It's just like super low rent, but I make it work. It works out pretty good. Now, do you think that, I mean, that works for you. Obviously it works for you because that's beautiful I, you work. Know, I wish that I was responsible enough to get the better quality stuff, but it works for me. Yeah. Shitty equipment works are right with painting. Yeah. And- is there, a, is now I'm not a painter as I, I watercolor. I've used some gouache, you know, stuff like that, but, um, I haven't dove big into a, a acrylics or oils. Does how yeah. much does uh, the equipment make a difference in? I'd say as far as like, for me, paintbrushes don't really make that huge of a difference because they'll fall apart. And I mean, I should totally buy some better paintbrushes, but I just kind of take sh- um, shitty care of them. I abuse mm-hmm. my paintbrushes so they fall apart whether they're good or not. Right. Um, but as far as like. My actual pigments and stuff, I always use the the best that I can find mm-hmm. um, with the oil paints or the acrylics or uh, the Prismacolor pencils. A lot of the stuff I'm doing nowadays, one painting will have oil, acrylic, color pencils, uh, maybe some pastel chalk. I just pretty much do everything I can to achieve my end result that I want. I think uh, I've been following this artist named Drew Struzan, and he's the Dude. artist that... This yeah, is so know. crazy, man, because I was looking at that painting behind you and I was going to ask you because my homeboy, Jonathan Santos, baby J at Hard Luck Tattoo, um, told me about this documentary and I just oh. watched it like two or Is three you? weeks ago. Oh, man. And then you then you mentioned posters. I was like, I got to bring up Drew Struzan. You know, I got to bring up this documentary. And he changed my Holy life. Shit, dude. bro. I watched yeah. that documentary and I flipped, doc- man. Made me want to paint, you know, but, you know, you can well, just like. That's a dude that made, makes it look so easy, you know? Oh, man. He makes that shit look so easy. But like I was saying with composition, that guy has it figured out, man. Like the big trouble in Little China poster, all the composition on that, and just... I mean, how any iconic poster you think of, he probably did it. Right. And how was that one that they fucked up, and then they had to do it over and add the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. to the, in the side so that they could put, you know, all the, oh, yeah. the director? Yeah, the Star Wars. And Even, they just, like, down and... Yeah. yeah. They had already done the composition and they had to redo it. It's like, that's like cover up style for poster making. Dude. Yeah. His shit is dope. I saw that documentary and then I put, I bought every book he had, uh, plus a couple prints. And then I bought a, uh, a how to like a tutorial on painting. So I saw him do the Hellboy from start to finish. Wow. And really changed everything about my painting. Uh, my poster for Biloxi, uh, the Biloxi convention It's Biloxi blue. It's actually back there. You can kind uh-huh. of see it a little bit. But that poster was the first one I did after watching his um, tutorial video. And I even sent him a picture of an old painting of mine and that poster. It was just like, this is a humongous fucking difference in the quality of, mm-hmm. of like application. And um, so, and yeah, everything What's, that I. Uh, what everything changed? I like, what changed or what did that, that tutorial show you that made such a big difference in that new piece? Um, pretty much to not be limited by one medium, which, which I really was, everything I did was oil. Um, and that's when I started using anything I could to get the desired result, like acrylics and uh, airbrush. I messed around with a little bit, not really to like, not like hot right airbrushing, but just to like put soft colors where I wanted them or anything that I could do to get what I wanted out of a painting, I would do it. And that really helped a lot with me and plus composition and, uh, you know, just being more precise about um, 
planning things out and not just, cause usually I'll just come up with an idea, paint a face and then make everything up around it, which kind of works sometimes, but not all the time. So mm. yeah, it definitely, that, that documentary and that uh, tutorial video just pretty much changed everything about my painting. It just made me start looking at it a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And it definitely helped because I think my paintings kind of evolved a bit and they're, they're more, um, I feel like people kind of accept them a little bit more now. They're more easy on the eyes, I guess. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sorry. Art that's yeah, easy yeah. on the eyes. It yeah. can be good. That's right. <laughs> right on, man. So there's exciting stuff coming up for you. You got your sullen sure. shirt dropping, the new shop, um, Sweetwater Collective. Um, are you have you built the shop out yet, or are you in the process of design, or where are you at with in that? The process right now. I'm, I'm uh, putting floors in. I've got an old uh, doctor's office, so I have five different uh, client rooms plus cool. a giant. Uh, reception area in a uh, like a two-room uh, gallery mm-hmm. uh, so it's pretty big and it's it's pretty much set up all right exactly how i want it now i got a big backyard with a garden and it's fenced in it's gorgeous and i'll be doing painting workshops and uh hopefully have artists come out and teach workshops and i'm just going to do as much as i can because the location is just prime it's yeah. right in the heart of uh, wine country it's just beautiful surroundings no crackheads, which is huge for me um, to be somewhere where there's no crackheads. Uh, and that's, there's just, it's just that's a problem a- where you've been before. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. Most of the shops I work at, there's just, you know, and crackheads love to check out tattoo shops. Oh, they do, dude. Come on. I, I yeah, I live, I, I work in Lodi and at Hard Luck Tattoo and we are, Lodi is the same kind of situation as um, where you're going to be having your shop. And that's, it's a little like wine town, you know, and it's, you can shoot right to Sac, you can shoot down South, you can shoot to the Bay. It's like kind of a perfect little spot. And the back of the quaint little downtown is Sacramento street. And then you got um, the tracks and the Amtrak station. And then you got main street and that is the shit, you know, it's like, it's horrible, man. And the crackheads love that Amtrak <laughs> station, dude. They're just walking oh, up and down Sacramento Street. You never know what you're gonna get Anywhere when you go out where there. Anywhere they can hop on the train and get out of town. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yep. Grab a, uh, grab a sack of dope and fucking dip onto the train. You're out. <laughs> they love that shit, dude. Yep. Yeah, so, it's like such a hard thing to get away from. Uh, so I was. This is a more expensive town, and um, my building costs like shit tons, even just to like get the key. Uh, so there's a lot of money I'm putting into just being in this location. Mm-hmm. I could get the same quality shop uh, at half the price in any of these other towns, but I'm really trying to invest in a town that, uh, cause I have a lot of clients that travel from out of state or out of country. And I want to have somewhere that they can really experience Oregon and not like a shitty ghetto of Oregon, like, you know, the mountains and the wineries and bed and breakfast and nice restaurants and, Uh, There's a music festival every year where there's like, you know, two months of badass bands every night. So it's just like a really cool place for people to visit. So I think it's worth the investment. I'm really stoked to open it up for sure. Cool, man. What went, what's the timeline on that getting hoping uh, June 1st is what I'm shooting for. But um, you know, that that's, you know, always going to be a little bit flexible because I'm still dealing with like renovations and stuff, but shooting for June 1st, it'll definitely, if not that, it would be really soon after. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just getting it all kind of finished up and tied together and make a little nice, uh, comfortable spot for me to work out of great man well where can people get a hold of you if they want to check out your work um give all the pertinent information out there if somebody wanted so to any, 
check any it out. social media i have is uh johnny smith art um at johnny smith art is pretty much my instagram my twitter my uh facebook everything's just under johnny smith art that's um, two ends yep yeah johnny smith art is pretty much uh yeah two ends yep. just like johnny i guess Exactly. J-O-H-N-N-Y-S-M-I-T-H-A-R-T. Yeah, so. Johnny Smith Art. You can check me out on all the social medias. Um, if anybody wanted to book with me, it's Johnny Smith Booking at Gmail. They can just give me a uh, shoot me an email and we can kind of figure out some booking questions or appointments or whatever. I'm super easy to get a hold of, man. Um, Johnny Smith Art, and you'll pretty much find everything online. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate your your patience with me getting these uh, no this re-recorded, and uh, look forward to meeting you at Ink and Iron for sure. Awesome, dude. Sounds perfect. All right, everybody. That was my talk with Johnny Smith. Check him out on Instagram at Johnny Smith J O H N N Y S M I T H A R T. You can always find me on Instagram at O G Joe Swanson. Uh, check that out. Uh, you can also check out the official Sullen Radio Instagram at Sullen Radio. Check out the website, sullenradio.com. Um, if you're interested in getting tattooed by me, you can shoot me an email, joe at sullenradio.com. I'm looking at trying to set up a couple trips down south. So if you're down south, you want a traditional cool-ass tat, hit me up. I'd love to hear your ideas. Um, go check out that Time and Tide print. It's uh, therealjoeswanson.com, and uh, you can just click on the merch page and check that out. If you like it, pick one up. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate everybody listening, um, and go check out Johnny Smith. He's a bad motherfucker. All right? Keep hustling, everybody.